0: بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأمر أهلك بالصلاة واصطبِر عليها لا نسألك رزقا نحن رزقك والعاقبة للتقوى وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا ما تبنو آدم إن قط عمله إلا من ثلاث Illamin <laughs> Sadaqatin jariya our Ilmin Yuntafarbi, our Waladin Sadi Hin Yadarula, our Kama Kalan, Nabi Yusan Allah, who are they he was seldom. Mount brothers and elders. This being a little jalsa of the Maktab that is being run here. It is a little bit of a difficult task to decide what to say because does one address the children that are present or does one address the parents that are present or the rest of the congregation. So inshallah we make dua to Allah, Allah Allah, Allah inspires our hearts with the benefit of the kalam of Allah Allah, and the words of Rasulullah in a way that all of us take some benefit. the ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala says, ahlaka أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ That command your family members to perform salah. And then Allah Ta'ala says, You also be steadfast upon it. What is being given to us here? we have been given the responsibility of those who are under our care that is what we have been given that this is not something that a person can feel complacent can feel relaxed I am going for salah I am doing my duty so what happens around me is not my concern not my worry that is not the case we have been commanded, and we have been given the instruction that we have to take charge of our homes, our households, we have to direct others towards Salah, and Salah is not the only thing in Deen, this is the pinnacle of ibadat. Everything else comes under it as well. That the guidance and direction in Deen is the parent's responsibility. And in this time and age that we are in, this has become one of the greatest challenges that how does a person direct his children, direct his family in the direction towards Allah. And with the challenges that have come up in this modern time, the challenges of technology and so on, This has made it incumbent on every person to sleep with his eyes open. Figuratively speaking, obviously. That we cannot afford to be complacent at any cost. Otherwise, many a times things happen under our noses and we don't know about it. And there is a concerted effort out there (coughs) for the hearts and minds of the children of the Muslims. A Muslim Ummah is being targeted. It's not something that is just happening by chance. Something that is not planned. There is a concerted effort for the heart and mind of the Muslim child, so that by the time he has grown up, then he can maintain his Islamic name, his Muslim name. He can even perhaps look outwardly like a Muslim but his heart and mind must be far away from Islam. For a long time the Khilafat had continued and then suddenly a time came in Turkey when the Ottoman Empire was just crumbled and the Khilafat was totally abolished and there was no Khilafat left. This didn't happen in one day. There was a whole process behind it. There were people taken out of Turkey who were the brighter children from good Muslim homes and families. And they were given scholarships and given all the perks and whatever else and taken away to the western countries to be educated there. Apparently just to be educated in terms of becoming whatever. Somebody wants to become some professional, somebody, some field, somebody, whatever. But that was just the Thing to lure them. But then the effort was made to change the heart and mind. The words can remain, but the meaning must be gone. And this was something that Nabi sallallahu foretold. سَيَأْتِي عَلَى النَّاسِ زَمَانٌ لَا يَبْقَى مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ إِلَّا إِسْمُهُ وَلَا A time will come upon people when nothing will remain from Islam except its name. I'm a Muslim but that's it. And nothing will remain from the Quran besides the script of the Quran Sharif. Practice on the Quran Sharif the message of the Quran Sharif that'll all be long forgotten. That'll all be something for the books only. So this effort was made for the heart and mind and eventually they were then sent back and in time the numbers of such people grew. Then nobody from outside had to tell them that rather stop the Khilafat. From inside they did it. Because the heart and mind was gone. So in our situation also, we have to be very, very concerned that what is happening and what is being done to take the heart and mind of our children. One is on the Aqaid level, mentioned this one incident many times perhaps here also that once one in one maktab two children were quarreling so one child called the other child a baboon so the other fellow very coolly remarked and replied, well what's the problem with that, all of us are from baboons the ustad overheard this, he called both the children and said what's going on he says well he called me a baboon so what you said I said, well, what's the problem with that? All of us are from baboons. He said, where you got this from? I said, well, the teacher told us in school. Now, why did the teacher say that? Because it's in the syllabus. Why it's in the syllabus? It's there in the syllabus so that he can warp the minds of people. It's not there in the syllabus just for nothing. Such a fallacy. Such a fallacy which is beyond any kind of intelligence. Any person with the slightest bit of intelligence cannot accept it. Even if he doesn't have iman, that person who can't accept it, if he's got a little bit of intelligence also, the fallacy of evolution. But this fallacy has been drunk to such an extent that now this Muslim child is growing up with this like a fact, Whereas it negates so many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. al insana min sulalatim minteen. Allah Ta'ala speaks about the creation of insan. How he was created from dust. And all the details, all the many ayat in the Qur'an Sharif. Now this child is growing up with this fallacy as his belief. Which goes against these ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Now tomorrow he will grow up, he will perform salah, he will fast in the month of Ramadan, he may even go for hajj, he'll hold the ghilaf of the Kaaba Sharif and cry. And he will shed all the amount of tears possible in Arafat. And not one thing would be accepted if his iman is not right. وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَعْمَالُهُمْ يَحْسَبُهُ مَاءً Allah Ta'ala says that those who commit kufr deny one fundamental aspect of deen. One fundamental aspect. Then they have negated iman. And all their a'mal, all their actions are like just a mirage in the desert. From far a person can see water, when he comes there there's nothing. <laughs> when he comes to it it's just sand, nothing else. So the person did so much in the world but the foundation is iman. And if there's no iman, nothing is acceptable. So now this is being done. It's not just happening haphazardly. And this is such a forgery that it's as clear as daylight that this is just there to hoodwink people. But it has been done in such a crafty way that intelligent people also started believing it. So in any case, that is the one level. So we have to be very alert. What is happening? What is being put forward and put out there to take the heart and mind of our children? Then all the isms, Every other day there will be another ism coming up. And either it is an attack on the sahaba on their honor, on their dignity, on their position and status, those people who Rasulullah himself groomed and who received the certificate of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala while walking on this earth. In the Hadith Sharif it is reported that on the day of, that in Jannah when the Jannatees have already now started enjoying all the bounties of jannat and they are now in the middle of all this happiness and joy and allah ta'ala will ask them that do i should i give you something more so they will in amazement reply that ya allah what more can what more can we ask for you have given us everything allah ta'ala will then say alaykum ridwani fala alaykum ba'dahu abada that I am announcing my eternal pleasure for you. Says, this will be such a ni'mat and such a bounty that the jannati's would experience that joy on this announcement which they didn't get from any other bounty of Jannat. That bounty which the general person in Jannat will get, the sahaba ikram, Kiram God walking on the earth, رضي anhum wa و Allah Ta'ala announced His pleasure for them while they were still walking on the earth. But the rest of Jannatis will get it only when they're in Jannat. And you'll find that this will become, these personalities will become the target of people's criticism, of people's slander, of people's lies, of their propaganda. And this will be happening all around us. Shia propaganda that carries on. And we might think on the surface everything is very fine. But sometimes people get talking to their children by chance on certain things and the child blurts out some aspects and then a person realizes what happened. Everything on the surface often looks very rosy. One father told me himself that once he was traveling from northern Natal and coming to Durban and as a background to this he mentioned that his daughter had just turned about five. So now he was debating should he send her to the nursery school that was the local nursery school which was a Christian based nursery school though it wasn't that they were teaching Christianity there but it was a Christian based nursery school like we have many private institutions all over the place which have a Christian ethos so whether you like it or not that is going to rub off so, in any case, he decided after somebody in the family said no and somebody said yes and whatever else, eventually he decided, okay, send her. So, she went. Now, she went to a nursery school. So she went the first day and then she went the second day. And the second day, when she came home, he heard her just walking around and she's singing Humpty Dumpty. So, something clicked in his mind. He said, you know, this is not sounding right. The second day already and she's already humming away this Humpty Dumpty and so on. So, he took her out of school. Five-year-old child, he said, we'll sort something out, don't worry. Homeschooling, whatever the case is. So that came and went. And some months later now, he's traveling from northern Natal and coming to Durban. And on the way, after he mentioned this incident, I happened to once pass and I also noticed this place. There's a big sign they call Jesus Factory. Now, As he's driving down, his family is in the car with him. And then he looks at this on the side. And he says he never noticed it before Then also how many times he drove past. So as he passed there and he saw this bond, so in a sort of light-hearted way, he said, look at what these people are doing now. How they even trying to make Jesus in the factory." Which is obviously no, no such thing they can do, but he said it in a sort of light-hearted way. So that five-year-old daughter, she suddenly out of the blue spoke up. She just heard the, na- the word now. She said, well, I know I who's know Jesus. I asked her, who's Jesus? Jesus is Lord. She went to that nursery school for two days. She went to that nursery school for two days. And several months have passed in between. And in that two days only, something was planted. She doesn't know what she's saying, but something was planted. And she is replaying what was planted. Without knowing what she's doing. But she was replaying what was planted. Something was taped and she is now pressing the replay button. And Allah forbid that when our children are in such institutions for year in and year out, then what happens to that heart? What, what gets taped on it? What not gets recorded on it? And later in life, what not plays out? And such a heart and mind becomes the very fertile ground for all the Baatil Aqaid and all the fitras. So, this is not something that just happens by the way. All this happens, there's an effort being made to grab the heart and minds of our children. So, on the Aqaid level, we have to be very, very conscious. Whether it is the attack on the dignity and on the honor of the Sahaba ikram, then we have to educate our children who are the Sahaba ikram? if we are having the talim regularly in our homes, they'll know who the sahaba-i They will know what these personalities did for deen. And that today if deen is alive, it is because they watered the garden of deen with their blood. And we are eating the fruit of that sacrifices that they made. So whether it is on the aqaid level, whether it is in the aspect of the values in life values a believer has very different values in terms of the values and the sifat of iman what can a person who doesn't have iman even understand any bit of it there is no concept of values where there's no iman the concept of haya of modesty of shame the concept of honesty the concept of amanat, the concept of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, these things don't exist. Just today, somebody brought up a situation, the youngster of his, he is addicted to some computer games, which linked up through the internet, whatever the case is, And ever since he got hooked onto these computer games, every swear word is on his tongue. And his whole nature has changed from a passive and docile person, from a person who was very respectable, very uh, all the time respecting everyone, very, very humble. And suddenly his whole nature has changed. And the only thing that has changed in his life is that he got caught up onto these games. And some particular game the person mentioned, I heard for the first time today, something about where to pass through the various levels of the game, you have to become the best thief of the time. And you have to do the worst kind of acts as part of the game to progress. Now this is the progress that is being planted in the heart of the child that in life you want to progress, you must do every kind of filth. Every kind of filth you must do in order to move ahead in life, is billah. And to many of us, well, it's an innocent pastime. Many of us, it's just an innocent pastime, but how innocent? It's making that child an out-and-out out thief. It's making him, and I was shocked when I was told this, that part of Allah forbid you have to commit some lewd acts to move on to the next stage. And this is further the person mentioned that this is a very common thing and even kuffar are writing about the harms of this game now. Let alone a person with iman. So the thing is that we cannot be, afford to be complacent, we cannot be just passive that while everything is going well. We don't have to worry about anything. Everything on the surface seems fine. And as far as our dunya is concerned, nothing is disrupted in our dunya, then everything else is okay. But, Allah forbid, if we only worried about our dunya, and we didn't worry about our children, we are the real investments. That is the real investment. And if we don't concern ourselves with their upbringing and tarbiyat, we don't cry for them at night in front of Allah Ta'ala. Allah forbid tomorrow they'll make us cry. If we don't cry for them in front of Allah Ta'ala and make the effort of, accordingly as well, Allah forbid they'll make us cry tomorrow. So the real investment, this is a real investment, our children. In the Hadith Sharif Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, when a person passes away, everything stops. He can't earn any more now. His real earnings have stopped. But there are three types of investments that will continue for him. jaria, The sadaqa jariya that type of contribution that he made in something, some aspect of deen, that has an ongoing benefit. He put up a well somewhere, people are still using the water of the well. Uh, he's gone into his Qabr. But the benefit of that continues reaching him. He's contributed towards the masjid, towards the Madrasa, towards some other needy deeny cause, and the benefit of that is continuing. Then that too will continue to bring the rewards for him in his Our aw ilmin يُنْتَفَعُ بِهِ Or the knowledge from wherein benefit is still being derived. He taught somebody deen. He taught somebody one aspect of deen. Teaching somebody deen doesn't mean that he has to now teach somebody maybe the whole Qur'an, make him hafiz. He taught somebody one aspect of deen. Some, and alhamdulillah, people are coming into Islam daily. Some person came in, new into Islam now, the person doesn't know some basics of, he doesn't know how to perform his salasl. He doesn't know the basics of taharat. Somebody sat him down and explained to him how to make wudu maybe. Or what are the certain important aspects in terms of ghusl? That person learned these few basic things. He will live his life. He perhaps will teach his children. He will teach his grandchildren. And we'll continue reaping the benefit of that in our cover. And the third thing Nabi Islam says, وَلَدٍ That pious child who continues to make dua for that parent. That parent is gone, but that investment is there. That investment continues to reap the profits. Otherwise, Allah forbid that the whole fight will be behind what has been left behind. Not what we can send ahead. There was one incident that happened in India years ago. Maybe some hundred years ago or more. That one person passed away and he left a huge estate. And now this estate was being divided between the two sons. So now they were only interested in dunya. to do something for their deceased father was of no interest to them. So in any case now everything was being divided and eventually the land was being, was divided as well. But right on the border of that land was one tree, huge tree. And now the coral started over the tree. So one said that this border must go. In that direction, where the tree will remain part of my land. The other fellow says, that tree will be part of my land. And now this coral started over this tree, it went to court. And it started dragging on. And eventually now, the because of the, whatever the reasons were that it carried on dragging on, both of them ended up losing all the wealth that they had amount of wealth was spent in fighting this case eventually the judgment came the judgment came that there is no other solution to this besides chop this tree down and give him half and give him half that's the end result So all the wealth went away and the tree went away also and that poor person that's gone in the cover if they gave some part of this wealth in Sadaqah Ajariya for him he would have been benefiting so therefore you got to make your own Sadaqah Ajariya investments from your, your own lifetime Allah knows best what happens later on. So, In any case, this is the real investment. That a person invests in that which will benefit him after he has gone into his qabr. Which will benefit him on the day of qiyamah. And then the children will understand what is the maqam and the what is the position and status of parents. If we have passed that on to them. And the real legacy that we can leave for our children is deen. And the real uh, arrangements that we can make for them is that we make ourselves pious. In Surah Al-Kahf, the very famous incident of Hazrat Khizar Ali Hazrat Musa alayhi salatu joins him on a journey. And the three incidents that took place, there isn't time to go into all the details. But in any case, Musa alayhi Salam was commanded, or inspired to join Hazrat Khizar the salaat Khizar first says, you won't be able to bear what goes on. You cannot understand the wisdom behind certain things that I'm going to do. So you rather don't come. He said, don't worry, I'll be patient. Take me along. In any case, they go along. Two, three, three incidents take place. The third incident, that they come into a town, they are very hungry, they don't have any food, So now it was the duty of the local people to take care of them, to at least give them one meal, because they are musafir, and they don't have any arrangements and provisions. But this locality, the people refused to do anything for them. They refused to entertain them in any way. So in any case, they finally started leaving. As they are leaving, there is this one wall that is about to collapse. You can just see that this might collapse any time it's already leaning so Khizr wasalam, goes and starts repairing that wall obviously nobody going to pay him anything for it he just on his own accord started repairing it so Musa wasalam, objected and he said that why are you now doing this for free these people were so rude to us they wouldn't even give us a meal and now you're doing this for them just free of charge, at least you have charged them something we can buy some food at least Said, well now you go your way, I go my way, because all this is divine inspiration that I'm getting. You can't understand the wisdom behind it. So, in any case, let me tell you what the secret is behind it also. So then he gives him the secret of it. And he says, fa-kana that this wall belonged to, this wall was on the land that belonged to two orphans. And buried under this wall was a treasure, which was buried by their father. Kana tahtahu now these two orphans, and this wall is collapsing, and when it collapses, the treasure is going to get exposed. And they are too young to take charge of it. It's going to get usurped. Before they know what happened, it will be gone somewhere. So Allah Ta'ala willed that this wall should be repaired. And that this treasure of these orphans be protected and safeguarded. And when they are now old enough to be able to take charge of it and take care of it, then Allah Ta'ala will cause it to get exposed again. But in the meantime, Allah Ta'ala sent two of his very special bandhas, sent a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. And Khizar, salam, according to the preferred view, was not a Nabi but a very pious person and a close person to Allah wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala send them to come and repair this wall. Why? Abu huma salihah. The Quran says that their father was a pious person. Their father was a pious person. The piety of the father, Allah Ta'ala looked after the wealth of the children. So we want to protect our children, protect our progeny. Every person working from 8 to late, ask him why, he says for the children. He says, but you've got enough for the children, he says, you enough for the grandchildren. But, this is the real arrangement. This is the real intizam that a person can make, that he leaves deen. And he infuses deen in those children. Then they will understand what is the value of parents. They will understand what is the meaning of Jannat lying under the feet of the mother. Just for the benefit of many of our children here. And Perhaps I mentioned this incident on one occasion previously, Wallah Alam, something that was really very striking. About maybe two years or more ago, one person had been down from Madina Munawwara. He's since, he his since deceased is late, Allah is covered with Nur. So I happened to meet him, and while we were talking, so he was headed for Hajj. It was just the time before Hajj. So in the process, he said, he's going for Hajj. So the person sitting next to him, a few others were sitting around, he asked him, how many Hajj you performed? So he said, well, at that time it was 42 Hajj or something. He said, Subhanallah, 42 Hajj. So he said, well, one person asked me also, that how come you perform so many Hajj? And then he himself said that I heard, and this is it, that when the call was made to Hajj, Ibrahim a.s. when he fin فِي bil Hajj. Allah ta'ala gave him the command that call people unto hajj. So every soul in alam al also heard it. And how many times any soul said لَبَّيْكْ so many times go for hajj. So The person told him in a light-hearted manner it seemed like your soul never stopped saying لَبَّيْكْ 42 hajj you made? So he said well that is it but I think that there is something else also that is a reason for this. Then Allah bless me with this. He says, What is it? So then he gave some incident of his. And he says that he was in a living in a very rural area in Pakistan, very poor family. And he says, as he was growing up, in a case, this one aspect which is very much linked to what we are sitting here for today as a Jalsa of a Madrasa, he says he was very much interested in his uh schooling studies, not so much interested in learning deen. And he had to travel a little bit of a distance to go to school. And his mother was very much inclined for him to learn the Quran Sharif. But now he was insistent. So in any case, every morning she would prepare his lunch and whatever else. And then she would give it to him. And he says repeatedly, every now and then, every few days, she would say to me, "That look, I'm doing all this for you. I've prepared this lunch for you, I've prepared your food, whatever else. As a mother, I'll do it and I'll get sawab for it also. And then she would say, but you know, if you were going to learn deen, you were going to learn the Quran Sharif, and I was doing the same thing for you, I would have got reward even more. Now, this was what a wonderful and what a subtle way of the tarbiyat. She's embedding the azmat of the Quran Sharif, the greatness of the Quran Sharif in that heart of the child, and I want to be rewarded more, but I want my child to be learning deen. So I'll make his khidmat while he's learning deen, I'll get rewarded even more. He says, in any case, time passed, and then he also, alhamdulillah, started getting more inclined to deen. But in that time period, his mother became very ill. And as time passed, she became bedridden. He says, alhamdulillah, Allah ta'ala gave me the tawfiq that I remained at her side all the time, and for a lengthy period of time, for more than a year and a half, two years almost, he says, that she was bedridden. And he says, Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala bless me with the tawfiq that I remained making her khidmat. Which is again also something that is with the Western lifestyle that has crept into our society. The aspect of looking after our elderly, of the value of khidmat, these things have become something... For, a, for the history books Illa that this is now looked on as a burden and especially if it is holiday time what do we do with these old people and one doctor told me himself that he was on duty, somebody brought the elderly father, please admit him say, admit him for what? because admit him, doesn't matter, we'll pay the bill but we're going on holiday. We don't know what way to keep him, so he'll be looked after here in the hospital. When we come back, we'll take him. Whatever the bullies will, or will sign the cheque. So the wealth is available, but there's no no value for one's parents. That elderly father has become an obstacle in the enjoyment of the holiday. So now, whether he likes it or not, he'll have to sleep on a hospital bed among patients and just be patient about it. And whether his heart breaks in the process, whether he feels like a piece of furniture being moved around, who's cared? So in any case, he says, fazl, Allah fazal, Allah gave me the tawfiq that I continued making the khidmat of my mother. I didn't uh, shirk in that. And he says from time to time, she would even need to be even help to merely just turn to rest the side. Because she wasn't even able to do that on her own. And he says whenever... I would make some khidmat of hers, every now and again, she would give me one dua. And the dua she would give me is, May Allah ta'ala take you for hajj. And he says at that, that time, in that place, in a rural area of Pakistan, from a poor family, from the whole area, maybe in the whole couple of years, one person will go for hajj. And my furthest dreams I couldn't dream about, that I will ever get this great opportunity someday. He says, time passed, my mother passed away. Allah Ta'ala will, by that time, he then went on, he studied, he became an Ali Makari, And Allah Ta'ala made the intizam for him in such a way that he ended up emigrating to Madina Munawara. Now being in Madina Munawara, every year he started going for Hajj. He says, alhamdulillah, this continued without a break for some 37, 38 years and then he says one year something happened that he was gone just before Ramadan to Pakistan to visit his family and he met in a severe accident and his foot was badly burnt in that accident and he was laid up in hospital for a long time, several weeks and eventually he got released from hospital but he couldn't walk a step. And as a result, he couldn't come back in time to Madinah Munawara and to come for Hajj, which was his normal routine. He finally ended up coming and landing in Madinah Sharif one day before everybody is leaving for Mina. Like for example, tomorrow they're leaving for Mina. Hajj is one of the days of Hajj starting. He lands now today, Maghrib time in Madinah Sharif from Pakistan. And he had accepted it in his mind that well, this year whatever Allah ta'ala world has happened, I can't make it for Hajj. In any case, he says he landed about Maghrib time. Hardly an hour later, he receives a call. So one of his students phones him and asks him, aren't you going for Hajj? So He says, how can I go for Hajj? I've just landed, and this is my condition. My foot is in this manner. I can't even walk. I'm on a wheelchair. And you are saying, go for Hajj? So he says, no, no, You, I'm coming to take you. I've got my own wheelchair also, and I'm coming with my car, and I'll take you. So he said, well, all that in its place, but I don't have that document that is necessary. Though being now living in Madina Sharif as a resident, but there's a document being a foreigner originally, I have to have the document, that document, the offices are closed. And it takes five days to process in any case. So the student office tells him, don't worry, already one week ago I got yours also. I made out mine and I made out yours also. I had your details, I have the document with me, I am coming, you come down with your haram, and the rest of it is my responsibility. He says about an hour and a half later he came, he picked him up, made him fulfill all the rites of Hajj, and brought him back six, seven days later, and dropped him off back at his house. And he says, even on that occasion when I had written it off, Allah tala made me perform the Hajj, I believe it is only the du'as of my mother. So the du'as of that mother, the value of it, that is something which only that person will understand who has deen. That there is Jannat under the feet of the mother that person can understand when that child has deen in his life. And if he only has computer games that are teaching him every swear word, that are teaching him all the kind of evils, that are teaching him how to do lewd acts in order to progress in life, that are teaching him how to become the biggest thief, then who is he going to move out of the way first? Who is going to come in his way first? The rest of the world is not going to come in his way. His own parents are going to come in his way. That's what he's going to perceive them as. That they are coming in the way of my fun. They are coming in the way of my enjoyment. So he's going to start moving his parents out first. Allah Ta'ala, save us. So this is the need of the moment that we focus towards the deen of our children, conduct the talim in the home with regularity, with consistency, so that the greatness of Allah Ta'ala sits in the hearts of those children. The love of Nabi the love of the, the Sahaba Kiram, the love of the A'mal of Deen, the enthusiasm for Salah, the love of Tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and all the other various aspects of Deen come alive. And in this way, the people that would be first benefiting out of this is the parents themselves. So, this is our real investment. Our real investment is our children and we have to give it time, we have to give it effort, we have to make the sacrifices that are necessary, and we have to realize what is the responsible decisions that we have to make. Many a times, we think we throw money at our children, and we are doing them a good favor, great favor. But is that a responsible thing? So this is the thing that we have to consider. What are responsible decisions that we have to make? And tomorrow we will reap the benefit of it tomorrow in this world, and especially when our eyes close and we are gone already in the Qabr. So these madrasas, these little makatib that are functioning, this is something that is the lifeblood of the community. Outwardly, it might seem like something just happening, by the way, some children are going, they're learning something, and they're not learning, and they're coming. But we will only understand that it is the lifeblood of the community, when we will see or listen to those who have seen what are the conditions in those countries where Muslims moved on to love, South America and wherever else, and in large numbers, people who came from the lands of Islam, but when this lifeblood was not there in the community, then more than one generation, besides their name, they knew nothing. Just in one generation, one alim who's doing a great amount of work in some of the countries he mentioned that one person when they had one small little jalsa, so one person came and after that jalsa he came aside, he took the Alim aside, the first time in that land that there was any jalsa of this nature, people never knew what such a thing means, that somebody sits and decides some Quran Sharif maybe they never heard something like this in their lives His father took that person aside because his son was also, he read some things and he said from today now I will start coming to the masjid because all these days I was too embarrassed to tell my son let's go to the masjid or let's go anywhere or tell him anything about Deen because he'll ask me and I knew nothing. I didn't know what to tell him. So I was keeping him away also out of embarrassment. And if he asks me something, what am I going to tell him? But now I see he's learned it already. So, I'm going to come because he'll teach me. So, now I'm not embarrassed anymore. Rather, I'm now eager that I will learn from him now. When that lifeblood was, a, when it died off or it never came in that community, in one generation they lost their deen completely. Besides the name of Islam, there was nothing left. So, we should not take this for granted. Our children attend these maqatib. This is something which is a very, very vital aspect in their lives. This is actually something that we should be giving every support to, not only support in material terms, but support in terms of the actual purpose of the maktab. The purpose is to teach our children deen. And when the deen is going to be taught, it will be taught from two directions. Otherwise, the child is going to be left in a confusion. If he's taught something in madrasa, and the opposite at home, the child will wonder, now what do I do? either he will discount the ustad, the ustad says something that is not serious, or he will lose respect for the parent. The ustad says something that is genuine, that is serious. But why is my father not doing it? Why is my mother not doing it? The ustad said that this is haram. He read it out to us from the Hadith Sharif. But why is it happening all around in my house? Either he's going to discount the ustad, then too he lost out. And if he loses respect for his parents, then too he lost out. We will become the reason for the loss of our children. So we have to support the role of the madrasa. That what is being taught in the madrasa, that is being implemented within the four walls of the home. That the father is the one to bring the child along. Now it's salah time. Azan is gone, now we're moving to the masjid. Then what the child is learning in madrasa, it is being supported from home he will grow up with that in his life. It will not just be theory, that exams are over now, the holiday has come, so now the Qur'an will wait till the 15th of January, if he's going to return to madrasa, No, then the Qur'an will be part of the child's daily life, because the parents will be advising. The Qur'an wasn't for madrasa. Qur'an was for life. Salah wasn't for the sake of madrasa. salah is for you, for your life. And like that, every aspect of Deen wasn't for theory, wasn't for writing the exam, it was for life. So when this role will be supported by the parents, then we'll find the reality coming through. So may Allah wa ta'ala accept all the efforts that are being made. Allah ta'ala accept the asatiza, accept the children, accept the parents. Allah ta'ala take every child from strength to strength and Allah ta'ala accept all the efforts and grant us the firmness of iman. Allah Taala protect us and safeguard us from all the fitnas and all the fasad. Allah Taala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah to the iman. وَآخِرُ